Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Be faithful with a little bit, and then God will entrust you with more as you're proven faithful. Joseph was. He was. And, and, and Pharaoh was just blown away by his, his wisdom and his insight and just like, you're the man for the job. Verse 39, Pharaoh says to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and as wise as you are. You shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. Pharaoh recognized something different in Joseph. Joseph went from a prison cell to the top of the food chain within a short period of time. The Lord's hand was on him through all the trials that he faced along the way. In today's message, Pastor James points out how Joseph was faithful with small tasks and he ended up second in command. Pharaoh worshipped multiple pagan gods and yet he knew that there was something special about Joseph. Are you allowing the Lord to change you and in turn sharing his love with others? Now here's Pastor James in the book of Genesis chapter 41 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. listen, you're going to have seven good years, seven really good years, but that will be followed up with seven horrible, devastating years. Pharaoh, this is what's going to happen. This is what your dream means. You won't even remember the good times because the time of desert and famine will consume that. I, I would say that there is a word of caution for us as believers, because we experience times of good times, seven good years kind of a thing. And then there's a lot of times we experience desert, desert. Never let the desert consume or cause you to forget the good years that the Lord has done stuff in your life. Never let the desert times take away from the faithfulness of God in your life. You might be going through a very parched season. You might be. I don't know. But don't ever let that cause you to forget how good and how faithful he truly is. Because it may be wilderness right now, and maybe he's moving you through that wilderness to get you to where he wants you to be. But the children of Israel wandered through a wilderness, and they forgot all about how good God was. They forgot all about how good he was. And it never really worked out well for them. Joseph is telling Pharaoh, he's like, listen, you're going to experience seven really good years, but you need to be prepared because there will be a famine in the land. You should always be prepared for the famines. You should always be prepared for the wilderness wandering, so to speak. You should always be prepared for that. Because if we're honest, there will be seasons of that within all our lives. What do you do during that time? You prepare for them during the times of plenty. 
oftentimes as a, as a believer walking with Jesus, and you guys can probably relate to this, when things are going really well, I am not concerned about any desert or wilderness times that might be a day away. I'm just not, right? We, this is how we function. Like when the seas are calm, I'm not worried about any storm that might arise all of the sudden, right? Because I'm like, oh, I'm basking in the goodness of God. I'm not even worried about, you know, wisdom would say, you know what? Things are going really well right now. I kind of want to store up in a, in, a, you know, in a treasury, so to speak, these good times, these good memories and what God is doing, because there is a good chance that the rain will stop. There's a good chance that seven ugly cows are going to come up and eat seven good cows. There's a really good chance of that. And where will I be during those times of famine? What will I be focused on? Where will my hope be? Joseph is going to implement a good strategy, and economically, it makes perfect sense. This guy is brilliant. It makes perfect sense. Spiritually, I need to figure out how to do this. I need to get better at this. Tucking away those memories and the the Lord's faithfulness within my life so that when I do go through these seasons of dryness, that I can look back and say, you know what, Lord? I don't like where I'm at right now, but you're still good. You will get me through this. So in this season, the promises that of yours that I've stored up in this treasury, so to speak, within my heart, let me tap into these. Let me be reminded of these things. Be, remind me of these things, Lord, the truth of your word, how good you are, how much you love me, how much you care for me. Even in the midst of famine, it, it's just wise to be prepared. I think practically speaking, economically speaking, but also spiritually speaking. Because there's way too many times in my life where I've been blindsided by, by famines. And I'm just like, whoa, what happened? Everything's bad. It's bleak. There's no good. And God, where are you at? You've left. You've abandoned. And all that stuff. And if I'm just stored away, you just remember, you're storing away. You're storing away. That's, that's one of the good things about just reading the word daily. Just open up the word and just read it daily. You are storing up so to speak, within your heart, these reminders of how good he is, of how good he is. Joseph interprets the dream, lets him know um, the, in verse 32 that, you know, the, the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. He's like, you had two dreams because God just wants you really to know that this is going to happen. And Pharaoh, it's just right around the corner. You need to be prepared today, today. Don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. And so his, this young man's advice to this ruler of the world is like, you better take action. You need to take action. Like, you need to be prepared right now. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh, here's Joseph, this young man, he is now advising Pharaoh, just as bold as can be. As bold as can be. I love this. He's like, let me tell you what you need to do. Okay, here's the interpretation of your dream. Now, Pharaoh, while I have your attention, if you don't mind, please don't kill me. But I need to tell you what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. He says, you need to select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years and let them be gathered and all the, uh, gathered all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh. 
let them keep food in the cities, then that food shall be as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. He's like, listen, if you're smart, what you should do is tuck away a fifth of all the grain. You need to save. You need to save. You need to store the stuff, store it away. Um, and then that's how you will survive the years of famine is by preparing for them is how you're going to make it through them. That's how you survive them. Verse 37, so the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a, such a one as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God, the ruler of the world who worships multiple gods, is the first one really in a sense to acknowledge the spirit of God. That's fascinating. We get to Genesis chapter 41. And it's Pharaoh who's like, man, this kid's filled with the Spirit. This kid is filled with the Spirit. Like, you guys see this, right? You guys all acknowledge it. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, totally. The hand of God is upon this guy. There's no one more qualified than this young man to do exactly what he just advised us to do. And in an instant, Joseph goes from a prisoner to like second in command, essentially. Boom. Joseph, are you ready for that? He was, because in those times, God was preparing him for a promotion, so to speak. He was faithful with a little bit, and now God is entrusting him with a lot more. That's heavenly economics for you. Be faithful with a little bit, and then God will entrust you with more as you're proven faithful. Joseph was. He was. And, and, and Pharaoh was just blown away by his, his wisdom and his insight and just like, you're the man for the job. Verse 39, Pharaoh says to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and as wise as you are. You shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. In the most important matters on Pharaoh's heart, he says, listen, I trust you to handle business. I trust you. Much like he experienced in the house of Potiphar, now he's in the palace of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's like, man, I'm not even going to worry about anything because there's something happening with you, and I want to be connected with you. I want to be connected to you. He goes off to, to officially make this, you know, something that like everybody sees. Everybody's a witness of this, uh, this promotion and, and all this stuff. Verse 42, then Pharaoh took off his signet ring or took the signet ring off of his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. That's a big deal. <laughs> That's just, I can't even describe how big of a deal that is. But here you have Pharaoh telling this guy who just literally walked out of prison, literally walked out of prison. He was no good. He's not even an Egyptian. He's a Hebrew. He's not even part of their country. And Pharaoh takes off his signet ring and says, listen, I'm going to put this on your hand. And I trust every decision you make with that ring. Because that signet ring would be the thing that Joseph says, hey, we need to do this. And he can seal it with the signet ring of Pharaoh. And it's as good as if Pharaoh himself was saying, make this happen. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. 
He puts that signet ring on him. And not only that, he doesn't even just stop there. He's like, Joseph's in like, you know, some probably better clothing than what he had in jail. But Pharaoh's like, that's not even good enough for you. That's not even good enough. You've, you've taken off the prison rags. That's cool. But what you've clothed, what do you have on now? That's not even good enough. Let me clothe you with the right kind of garments. And so he has, he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck and made him ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried out before him, before Joseph bowed the knee. So he sent him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt, placing tremendous authority upon Joseph as well. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath paneah I think is how you say that, which basically means savior of the world. <laughs> Crazy, right? Like Pharaoh's like, listen, man, you have no idea. You're, you're, you just saved us. You just saved us. So he gets a new garments. He gets a sweet gold chain around his neck. He gets a new name, but then he also gets a sweet, like he gets his own car. Um, this is unheard of back then. Like nobody rolled around in chariots. And chariots were relatively pretty new to the, to the Egyptians at this point in time as well. So it's like Pharaoh's got his chariot, and now Joseph has his own mode of transportation. I mean, this is like a promotion above all promotions. Like from prisoner to you're living in the palace. You're living good. He gives him a new name, a new identity, and he also gives him a wife. Um, he says, and he gave him, his wa- gave him as a wife, Asenath, uh, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On. So Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. So in a day, like, remember when I was telling you, like, to be prepared? Like, so you feel like you're in prison now, maybe, and you're just like praying, like, God, can you please do something? You might not be prepared for a day like this. You may not know how to handle it. So maybe God's got, you know, got this little delay on your prayer because he might be trying to prepare you for, the, for what he has for you. Joseph couldn't have handled all of this stuff 10 years ago. He wouldn't have been ready for this. Even though he was excelling and thriving in the house of Potiphar, this is now, this isn't one man's house. This is an entire nation. God had to prepare him for this. And in one day is what we think. I mean, there's probably a course of days that have passed, obviously. But essentially, in one day, Pharaoh's like, all right, um, listen, you're my man. Uh, you're second in command. I, I give you all authority nobody can even do anything without you telling them to. Like, you have complete authority over all my people. Here's my signet ring. Here's a new fine linen gown. Here's a gold chain. Here's a chariot. Oh, and by the way, here's a bride. Boom. All that in one day. Like, in an instant, these things happen. In an instant, these things happen. These things happen. What I love about the story of Joseph, we'll see this later on. He was given this lady, and she was, um, you know, she's an Egyptian, and he loved this lady. In one sense, he, he kind of broke the cycle from his family. Because you'll forget all about this if you're just reading through the word and, and not paying too much attention. If you forget about the fact that, well, my great-great-grandfather, he had, you know, he had a couple of ladies in his life. Sarah was the primary one. But then he also had, he hooked up with the handmaid and he had a son 
through her. And then my grandfather, well, um, you know, he's, he didn't have the best reputation either. And then my own dad, my own dad, I mean, my goodness, I grew up in a house where I have my mom, but I also have Leah, and then we had two other handmaids. And I have all these brothers and sisters from all these four different brides, so to speak, of my dad. And here's Joseph, and this is a little thing you can miss. He's given this wife, and she remains his wife until the very end, as far as we know. The only wife he ever had. It's kind of cool. We don't want to miss these things. We don't always want to miss these things, because even we just went through a story, even with his older brother Judah, who's like, he had a wife, he had a couple of wives, as far as we know, and just wasn't exactly the best guy in the world either. But here's Joseph who's like, man, I'm just going to serve the Lord. I'm going to stay faithful to God. I'm going to stay faithful to God. And he's doing all this stuff, and he's been given little things, and he's proven himself faithful in these little things. And then out of, you know, just all of a sudden, God just pours out. He opens up the windows, as Malachi would say. He opens up the windows of heaven and just pours out blessings upon this guy. The, the lesson here is not to, I don't want to get you excited and encouraged thinking like, man, if I just do all this stuff, God is going to hook me up with a ton of good stuff. That's not true. That isn't always how it happens, okay? I know some people would like to tell you that, but that's not always how it works. But sometimes it does. Maybe the blessings that he pours out on us concerning our faithfulness to him, maybe there are things that we just don't even realize, Maybe they're treasures that are being stored up in heaven when we, one day when we get up there, we're going to be like, what's all that stuff? And he's like, stuff I've been saving for you because you were faithful. Wow. <laughs> really? I was that faithful? Are you sure? You might want to double check that because you might have mixed my stuff up with somebody else's stuff. Sometimes it just comes in different ways. For Joseph, this is how, man, this is what the Lord did. And he's doing this for a specific reason. And it's not about Joseph, it's about God and God working to save, not only he's going to save Egypt, but he's going to preserve the nation of Israel as well. He sees the big picture. Verse 46, to close out this thing. Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. 30 years old. 30 years old. Like this kid, he started off as a slave when he was probably around the age of 17. And he spent this much time in Egypt Part of that is serving Potiphar. Part of, part of that has been locked up in jail. And now at the age, ripe old age of 30, Pharaoh's like, hey, you're my guy. <laughs> you're my guy. Culturally speaking, he would still be just a young, young man, almost like not even, I mean, yeah, considered at that age, like, okay, now you're a man in one sense, right? Like you're 30. You're kind of like, now we'll respect what you have to say. That's usually how that works sometimes. He's 30 years old and he stood before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Says Joseph went out of the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. Again, another, he's a brilliant, he's a brilliant mind. He's not only just going to, Pharaoh's like, listen, you got a chariot and all this land, you're over all of it. So what's he going to do? He's going to go and survey all the land because he's smart. He's smart. He wants to see it for himself. He's going to take notes. He wants to see it all for himself. Went throughout the land, and in, in the seven plentiful years, the, uh, the ground brought, brought forth abundantly. So he gathered up all the food for seven years, which were in the land of Egypt, and laid up food for the cities. And he laid them up in every city, uh, the food of the fields which surrounded them. Jo- Joseph gathered very much grain as the sand of the sea, like you can't even number this stuff, until he stopped counting, for it was immeasurable. And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came. 
uh, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. So his firstborn son, he's like Manasseh. God has caused me to forget. God has caused me to move on. And not, he's not like living in some imaginary land or something of like, okay, it's just been wiped clean in my brain and I don't ever even think about that. No, he's, what he's saying is, I've moved on. God has been the one who has given me the ability to move on. That's Manasseh. Then the second name he called Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So God has caused me to grow and to move on beyond my hurts, but also in the moving on from my hurts, God has caused me to be fruitful. And it's all God, and it's all God's doing. The seven years of plenty were in the land of Egypt. Uh, They ended. The seven years of famine began to come. As Joseph had said, the famine was in all the lands. But in all the land of Egypt, there was bread. So when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Then Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, go to Joseph. Whatever he says to you, do. The famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened up the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians. And the famine became severe in the land of Egypt. So all the countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all of the lands. So here's the plan that plays out. Joseph is wise. They, store, they set aside a fifth of all the produce that's coming in. So much, they have so much that it's, they can't even count it anymore. But when the famine comes, Joseph's a brilliant man. He says, okay, here's what we're going to do. Once the, their food runs out, we sell this back to them. We sell this back to them. And this is how, Pharaoh, you're going to survive as the ruler of this nation. This is how Egypt will survive, but this is also how Egypt will be a rescue for all the other surrounding nations because they've got to go to Egypt to get bread. That plays into next week when we talk about Joseph's family. They've got to go to Joseph in order to survive. God has given them Manasseh the ability to forget and the ability to move on. And he's given them Ephraim, the ability to be fruitful even in times of trouble. And it's through all this growth, God is still preparing Joseph for a meeting with the very brothers who sold him as a slave because the story's not done. And God still has a plan for Israel. And God still has a plan for you and I. You might be in times of good times, I would say, store up some treasures in heaven because a famine might be coming. You might be going through a famine right now. I would say, tap into those things that you have treasured within your heart. Hopefully, that's the word of God, scriptures you've memorized. Find refuge in these things that you've hidden away within your heart. God is good. Good times, bad times, God is good, and he is faithful. And he will get you through whatever he needs to get you through. But in the meantime, he's probably doing something in you to prepare you for what's next. I I would agree with everybody who's thinking, like, easier said than done, and um, it's no fun. Yes and yes, absolutely. But his word is true, and he is true, and he is faithful. So with that, I would just encourage you, encourage you, please, 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 Never give up on the Lord. Never give up on Him. Never forget about His goodness. He is good. He does love you. He does care about you. 
historical stories we've been reading about in the book of Genesis are filled with lessons that we just can't ignore. Adam and Eve chose to disobey, and the consequences meant separation from God for all of mankind. Sin entered the world and grew so great that God had to step in. Noah and his family were spared because of their devotion to the Creator, and Abraham's nephew was saved for similar reasons. God does look after those who call Him Lord and who follow Him with all that they are. God's compassion goes even beyond this. He sent His only Son to earth to die in our place, removing the punishment for all of our evil deeds. Jesus' life provided a way for us to reconnect with our Creator and begin to live a new life covered in grace. All we need to do is realize just how sinful we are and how we're unable to do enough to warrant the acceptance of our perfect Creator. We then need to accept that Jesus, who is God's Son, lived a perfect life and then took our sins to the grave. He defeated death three days later. Because of this, He's offering us grace and forgiveness for all of our sins. All we need to do is say yes. We pray that you choose to say yes today. We'd like to encourage you right away to get involved in a local church. And if you're in the Galveston area, we'd love to have you join us. Calvary Galveston meets Sundays at 10 a.m. And you can find directions online at breadforthebroken.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end today. Join us again on Bread for the Broken, where you'll find hope and new life in Jesus. Let me paint the picture of you, man, who I love, man, and give